you said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello everyone, welcome to another Is It Worth a Tenor review from Wulong Talks. My name's Jason, the host of the Wulong Talks podcast, and I hope you all are well. Um, If you're new here, welcome. Uh, Thank you for joining us here, and uh, thank you for listening to this review. Um, If you're not new and you've been following us for a while, welcome to you too. Um, For those of you that don't know, I often do these uh, reviews now, and I'm starting to try and get them up and running more often. Um... If you haven't checked out the last review that I did, which is for Black Panther, uh, it's a non-spoilers review for those who haven't seen the movie yet, then you can check that out uh, on this channel where you found this podcast. Right, well, I'm going to do a brief review for the movie The Shape of Water, um, which has got its UK release. Uh, It had its release, in fact, last week. Um, So I got to check it out on release day. So I've got a few thoughts on the movie, so I'll share all of those with um, you today. Uh, And hopefully that will give you an idea as to whether or not you want to go and check the movie out for yourselves. So the movie is directed by Guillermo del Toro. Um, That's probably a name you know well, uh, for those of you who are movie fans, um, because he's done many, many things over his career. Um, And he hadn't really done anything recently that had kind of, um, I guess, tugged the the heartstrings, so to speak. Um, The last movie of his that I, I kind of enjoyed, I guess, was Pacific Rim, but it wasn't really a, a perfect um, movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a lot of fun to, to watch. Um, but since then, you know, a lot of his offerings have, have felt a bit flat. Um, but I'm glad to say that The Shape of Water is really a movie that, that bucks that trend and, and kind of reestablishes him as um, a filmmaker who's, uh, you know, not only diverse, but very, very clever and able to deliver um different types of, of movies within the genre. Um, so ostensibly, for, for those of you that don't know, I mean, Guillermo del Toro generally makes sort of science fiction and fantasy films, and The Shape of Water is um, very much a, a fantasy tale as well, uh, with elements of science fiction thrown in there. Uh, but it's chiefly about, I guess, love and romance um, and the connections that, that people make. Um, it's set in Baltimore in 1962, and it follows our, our main character called Eliza, um, who is a cleaner who works at a research facility in, in uh, Baltimore. And um, it happens one day that uh, the research facility gets hold of something that they call the asset, um, which in actual fact is revealed in the film to be a, a type of sea creature, like, like a merman almost, I guess, is the, the best kind of description I can come up with for it. Um, so they manage to, to get hold of this creature, which they find in South America. Um, and 
this is at the height of, of sort of the Cold War era as well. So um, if you can imagine, if for those of you who know your history, um, you know, there's two sides in, in the Cold War. There's the US and there's the Soviet Union. Um, and both sides are kind of battling for an advantage that, that they can have, a technological and even mythical advantages um, at one point that they were um, looking for so that they could get one up on each other. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the capture of this asset is seen as, you know, a big coup for the United States government. So they need to kind of learn its secrets. Um, this asset, as said, turns out to be a merman. Um, or I guess it's a merman. I mean, it's never really 100% specified what the, the, the creature actually is. But um, yeah, you know, the, this merman is, is sort of captured and, and held in captivity within uh, the facility. Um, Eliza, being a cleaner, uh, comes into proximity with the creature and uh, a relationship kind of starts to develop between her and the creature. She starts to feed it. Um, she starts to teach it sign language because uh, Eliza is actually a mute um, and had her vocal cords cut when she was a child. Um, so she learns to, to kind of communicate with the creature and the creature learns to communicate with her through sign language and then a set of relationship kind of develops. Um, but as this relationship is developing, there's also, as said, these, these two mega powers in the United States government and the Soviet Union who both are kind of competing to gain an, an advantage of some description over the other. Um, and the creature is, is caught up in the middle of this and as a result um, Eliza then kind of has to put herself um, and her friends in, into danger um, in order to kind of save the, the creature and to save this relationship that she has. Um, now as you know with these reviews I, I don't go into spoilers so um, you know that synopsis there is just kind of a brief breakdown but there is a bit more to the, the story than that um, and you know I would say off the bat that I do think this movie is definitely worth a tenner um, it's received a lot of uh, Academy Awards attention and I'm not quite sure it's worth as many nominations as it's got um, because there are a few nitpicks that I had with it but overall I think it is a very very strong movie um, as said at its core is is the idea of love and um, kind of how we love one another and 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 kind of how love has no boundaries and, and no walls and you know nothing can um, stop the feelings that that somebody has for another person or in this case you know a creature but um you know it, it shows how love kind of conquers many different things really um which is a, a lesson that i guess we sometimes forget in you know in our cynical times um but it's played out beautifully in the film um Eliza is played by Sally Hawkins and um, Sally Hawkins for those of you who don't know uh, is a British actress um, she's been around for quite a while and, and she was I mean the film that I really remember her from is uh, a Ken Loach movie called Happy Go Lucky um, which she was absolutely fantastic in um, and she does a really really good job here as well uh, she's as said the character is mute so she doesn't have any spoken dialogue um, so a lot of the communication has to be done through sign language American sign language and through facial expressions and she handles it all really really well 
Um, the cast really are a, a strong point of, of the movie for sure. Um, aside from Sally Hawkins, uh, you have Doug Jones as well, who plays um, the creature. Um, Doug Jones, I mean, this guy's an MVP of, of sci-fi. He's played like so many different um, creatures and, and characters. And you might actually remember him as playing Abe Sapien from the Hellboy movies as well. Uh, so he's worked with Guillermo del Toro before several times. Um, I believe he was also in Pan's Labyrinth as well. Um, I haven't checked that, so I'm not sure. So if I'm incorrect, then somebody please correct me. But um, yeah, I think he was in Pan's Labyrinth too. Um, but he's a, a, a wonderful kind of physical actor. Um, and again, because of the, the nature of the creature, he doesn't have any dialogue. So a lot of the communication has to be done um, physically. And that's extremely hard when you're wearing like copious amounts of, of makeup and prosthetics, which he has to do in this movie. Um, but as I said, he does a terrific job with it, really. Um, you know, you, you really get a true sense that this creature is a real living, breathing thing with emotions and with intelligence. Um, and that's, you know, as I said, a very difficult thing to pull off when you're under so much prosthetics. So for me, Doug Jones deserves to be mentioned in the same way that, you know, Andy Serkis is, is talked about for the work he's done with motion capture characters and, and motion capture technology and kind of, in, you know, investing characters with life in that way. Um, I think Doug Jones should definitely get a shout out for that. Um, also in the movie is uh, Michael Shannon as well. Um, he plays uh, a villainous character in this film. Um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> but, um, you know, he, as always with Michael Shannon, he always manages to add a, a layer of dignity to whoever he plays. Um, you know, I mean, you'll, you'll probably remember him as uh, General Zod from the Man of Steel movie. Um, for me, that was probably one of the positives of, of that movie was his performance and the fact that, as said, he could invest dignity into characters that, that don't necessarily sound like they would be particularly dignified on paper. Um, he's very much kind of the puritanical sort of 1960s um, American man in the sense that, you know, he's very much about God and um, how everything should be in the image of God and, you know, how there's a certain God-fearing way of doing things. And because of these religious beliefs, I guess, is, is you know, kind of the driving factor behind the way that he behaves throughout the movie. Um, but as said, he's a really, really reliable villain in this, so it's it's definitely worth checking out his performance. Um, there's great support as well from Octavia Spencer um, and from Michael Storbarg as well, who is a guy that really needs to get some more work, man. I mean, like, he was fantastic in, in this film. He really was. Um, I wasn't expecting... Uh, that much from his character because he's probably you know the, the third or fourth character in the film but he plays a, a conflicted scientist um, who's kind of put in in quite a difficult position in the movie um, and he does a great job and as said you know I'd love to see that guy in more stuff man I mean like I've loved him since Boardwalk Empire <laughs> you know so I really feel like he, he should be getting more work than he does but anyway it is what it is and he's done well um, Octavia Spencer is in this as well and again you know she's just someone who I never 
find boring in any way or uninteresting however bigger smaller role is she always manages to to really just captivate you on the screen and, and she does it here um even if her character is a little bit stereotypical which i felt it was a little bit at times um i felt that you know she again brought a lot of dignity to the to the character um and she does a really good job with it so yeah she's definitely outstanding um visually this film is an absolute masterpiece uh the way that it, it plays with lighting and with color um and with sound as well um which is something that i think some films overlook sometimes but this movie uses sound in, in a terrific way um partly because of uh, i think because of the way the two main characters communicate with one another um sound is often sort of needed so it makes sense that they would go in in that direction but yeah the soundtrack is is superb with this and the sound effects as well really kind of bring you into that era um it was quite evocative and it reminded me a lot of kind of sort of 1950s and 60s sci-fi movies which i know um Guillermo del Toro is a big fan of and you can see the influence of that but there's also musical numbers included in there as well um, which was a big surprise I didn't expect to see that but again you know handled really well and didn't feel kind of out of place um, for the era and for kind of what the story was trying to do as well so yeah it was really really well done with that um, and there's a lot of influences in there I mean this movie really is um, Guillermo del Toro's sort of love letter to I guess cinema and to the cinema that he grew up with um, as a kid and, and the kind of influences that he had and that really kind of comes through very well in in the movie too um, overall I would say this is definitely worth a tenner so I'd say yep go and watch it um, as said there were some nitpicks I felt you know Octavia Spencer's character was a bit stereotypical at times and and some of the others are as well i mean richard jenkins is in this movie as well who's um, a really solid actor but his character kind of descends into stereotype a little bit as well at points um which is a bit of a shame but um you know aside from that really the the, the movie is is really well shot um it's mostly pretty well written uh and the visual effects are, are stunning um you know the way that i said that they use lighting and color within it is um really quite impressive a uh, couple of things to point out um it is uh an adult tale so i would say um i mean it's got a 15 certificate here in the uk um which it was given a belief in nudity because there is some nudity like right off the bat um there is some sex and sexual references that are, are quite strong as well um nothing that should really kind of uh shock you or upset you in any way but you know just in case you're the type of person who, who doesn't expect to see that in this type of movie then you know it's out there um and there's probably one scene that's a tiny bit gory and if you're a cat lover you may not necessarily be that happy with what happens but um yeah aside from that as i said it, it's definitely a movie i would recommend um especially if you're looking for something to watch this weekend um go and check it out the shape of water is um a, a really really beautiful movie beautifully shot um has a really really gorgeous central story um and 
has a lot of things to say that that have some meaning for us uh, in this day and age I would say all right that's it for me um, I'm gonna wrap this one up and say goodnight to you guys so uh, I hope you enjoyed the review um, please stick around at the end we'll have a little bit of information for you as to how you can subscribe to us uh, and if you do choose to subscribe um, then please do consider leaving us a review as well as that really helps other people find us okay thanks very much take care and I'll see you again soon bye if you like what you just heard, why don't you follow us online? You can find us on Twitter at WulongTalks.com, on Facebook at WulongTalks, and on Instagram at WulongTalks. We also have our blog, which we update uh, kind of regularly, and you can find us there at www.WulongTalks.com. If you have any ideas for topics or would like us to feature your geek-based products or business on our show, you can always get in touch with us via email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com.